0: Welcome to another edition of the IDS Football Podcast alongside Caleb Kaufman, Will Coleman. I'm Jack Grossman. We're joined today by a couple spe- special guests. We got Cameron Drummond from the Journal-Gazette in Fort Wayne. Cam, thanks for joining
1: us. Thank you. <laughs> i happy to be I, here as usual.
0: I, I uh, very much appreciate the Devontae Green-inspired answer there. Yeah, only two, two <laughs> yeah.
1: words or less. If you ask me another question, it'll be three words, then another one will be six, and then we'll be out of here pretty quick. Yep. All right.
0: <laughs> and we're also going to be joined by Tao Mackey of the Michigan Daily to preview IU Michigan. But before we do that, Caleb and Cam, you guys are both at Penn State. I was in Bloomington with the Hoosier Hysterics and Bob Knight. Um, so, eventual Saturday for... All of us. Um, but Who how knows what w- Will was doing? Yeah. Will, what were you doing? I, I was, was off the I was watching
2: the game on my couch, casually. Yes.
0: But guys, how was the trip to Happy Valley? And more importantly, how was the press box food?
1: I guess it was a bit longer for me. I drove uh, the eight and a half hours from Bloomington to University Park. Yeah, by myself each trip. Whew. Pretty good, actually. Got a got through. A, I had a custom playlist going, uh, the Penn State road trip playlist, which was seven hours, which only lasted me the first drive there, uh-huh. and then the way back was just listening to football and uh, a couple, uh, just a couple music playlists as well. Uh, food was good because on the way there I got to have some skyline yes. yes. chili. Yes, skyline is so good. Skyline is amazing. So disappointed. You're off. The, you're off. Get out. It's no, so good. no, no, you're, no you're, the, you're the
2: minority, bro.
1: <laughs> There's
0: three of us here,
1: and I'm the, the only boy. right opinion. Uh, uh, so say what good. you want. <laughs> the skyline was good. the The food at the game was pretty good, which I guess we'll discuss here in a second. They well, had,
0: what, what's your order at Skyline?
1: Oh, so I had three, four, three, three or four, four. Uh, <laughs> dogs with cheese, chili, you know, everything, nice. you know, onions on it, and then some cheese fries as well, and a Dr. Pepper because, because of good. course, while like I think Peyton Ramsey's former high school team was playing in the playoffs on television.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. Elder High School.
1: All the worlds were just colliding at that point. What was the.
0: uh, Wow. I've always heard about the Penn State press box that it feels like it's about to collapse anymore. Is that true?
1: It's kind of built on like kind of metal type stilts because it's a very old kind of metal behemoth of a stadium. And the press box is very flat, not very tall at all. It's very kind of elongated rather than vertically. I felt unsafe. Yeah, like it, it, you could tell, like if it if that stadium was rocking. And I've heard like um, my friend Mike Persack, who covers the team for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, he was there obviously for when they played Michigan for the whiteout this year. When you know Zombie Nation's going with that, or when a big play happens, like a kick return or something, that press box literally vibrates and sways back and forth. I mean, I heard stories from the IU beat members who were in state college in 2017 when Saquon Barkley took the opening kickoff. Or touchdown against uh, Indiana, that the press box literally shook back and mm. forth, and you could like feel it almost like an earthquake. We didn't really approach that too no. much on Saturday. I, I was, I had to take the stairs down from the press box. We I all took the stairs oh, down. Were you in that group? Yeah, together. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember you being there. It, it was like walking. I honestly thought I was going to die. I thought so I was like, going to like, like trip. different than IU because it's like metal staircase, <laughs> and you're outside. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. But um, yeah, you want to talk about the the press box food then, real quick? Press box food? Uh, I give it. It's really good food. I'll give it like
3: a B plus food, but then it gets downgraded to a B minus because the place smelled like old man feet.
1: Like, it ruined my appetite. The smell brought it down that much? Yeah. It, yes. It was, Cam. It, it was like real adult food, though. Like, it was like turkey. We had oh, yeah, like the tur- casserole. Like, it wasn't just adult like burgers. Food, Cam was like, says. I literally described it to people as like big boy, like adults. So, it was like
0: Thanksgiving food? It was like Thanksgiving food. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it was, it was really good, too. I fully anticipate IU having a Thanksgiving spread this weekend, which You're they You're overestimating. Have. Oh, do they? they? always have it. It's All right. I didn't say it was good. Particularly good. I just said, like, they have it. But I'm going to eat, like, three plates of it anyway because it's me. S- sounds so, magical. So what, what goes into the IU Thanksgiving spread? It's just like I don't, you
0: know, I don't think I've ever covered it's an like IU game. Turkey
1: stuffing, that. maybe some sweet potato type stuff. You got some cranberry sauce? Rolls. Um, Maybe. I'm not a big cranberry sauce guy, though. That's yeah, a you know, huge I'm mistake. What, what is happening? There's pumpkin pie, I'll cry. All right, so
0: we're. So we're Wait, real ca- quick. Cam 2, Caleb Zero on the food so far. <laughs> God,
1: this is just
3: horrible. <laughs> real quick, though. Penn State, their Penn State ice cream, whatever it was called. Yeah
1: delicious. I like one, at least one a quarter, sometimes twice. I, I didn't I didn't have any of it. I was too focused on being a capital J during the game, so I zoned out for it and forgot to do it. Wow. <laughs> this this huge not, mistakes are this made. Is ice
2: cream at the stadium? They yes. serve it in the press box. was oh. like
1: little cups of ice cream. So good. Yeah. All anyone told me when I was going there was like, get the ice cream, and I like failed all of them. I did have a burrito very late in the night in State College, though, and that was a pretty good burrito. So that was good. Nothing's in State College, though. Was that like the only place open? No, it was just, I wanted a burrito. All right. (laughs) We're going to leave it at that. (laughs) Let's
0: let's go ahead and cut to uh, our interview with Teo Mackey of the Michigan Daily. Joining us now on the IDS Football Podcast, I've been told to introduce him as Theodore Teddy Can't Jump Over a Water Bottle Mackey. His name is Teo Mackey, the football beat reporter for the Michigan Daily. Teo, thanks for joining us.
4: I can get over a water bottle now. Ah, just, <laughs> still debatable <laughs> over
0: just barely you can find him on twitter at t-h-e-o underscore mackie teo to start off you know caleb you also know our friend cam drummond what is just for each person an embarrassing slash funny slash best story or thing about them
4: all right, so the one that pops off for Caleb, which is really just in line with his general pattern of idiocy, hmm. is uh, we were playing FIFA at our friend's house over the summer, the night before our fantasy football draft or something, and he was getting killed like 6-0 or something, and we were all just roasting him, and he goes, guys, 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 I, I can't do this. I see things before shapes. And no one had any idea what it meant. And it still makes perfect
3: sense in my mind. <laughs> I know what I'm trying to say.
4: played it for like ten minutes, and none of us had any <laughs> idea what he was talking about. I think that just encapsulates him really well. Um, as for Cam Drummond, oh, I can't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, just his general knowledge of fourth division English soccer soccer teams.
1: Yeah, it's embarrassing enough. <laughs> Well, Tao, my problem with that is that Swindon Town lost in the first round replay of the FA Cup today, 1-0 at home to Cheltenham Town like usual, so the county ground won't see a second round match this year.
4: I'm sure all of your listeners care. (laughs) I I have
3: no idea what that meant at all.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But I knew what it meant. I actually did know what it meant because (laughs) Cam's been texting me about it for the last two weeks. Because we always lose at Cheltenham
1: Town in the FA Cup, okay? When it's Robin on Robin crime, we always lose. (laughs) We can't win a first round match. We can't win a replay. It's just frustrating, okay? I want proper cup football at the county ground. The the very Americana... Caucasian audience that is Indiana football is going to love this discussion of European soccer. FA Cup is like a bowl <laughs> game, if you think about it, okay? Reaching the third round is like the Music City Bowl. Reaching the second round is like the Gator Bowl. Reaching the first round is like Detroit.
0: The quick lane bowl. The quick lane bowl.
3: Hey, it's still no a possibility
1: for IU. Oh, oh, really? I, hope no. I hope not. Please no.
0: So, there is a game this weekend, Indiana, facing Michigan, tail. Michigan's won six out of their last seven. Really since that embarrassing loss to Wisconsin, they've really seemed to turn around, especially lately. They've won their last three games by 34, 31, and 34. What's been different about Michigan since not just the Penn State loss, but really going back to that Wisconsin game?
4: So, yeah, I mean, during that Wisconsin game, there was kind of a sense that this season could be a legitimate disaster, like a six and six, seven and five type season. Um some IU type really stuff. I think it could be better than that this year. Um and really the the difference After that, the immediate difference after that was the defense kind of figured it out. The defense has been kind of the trademark of the Harbaugh era, and it's always been really good, even in their bad years. And they just looked so overmatched, just looked like they didn't have the personnel to stop a team with an offense like Wisconsin's. And then— they just started to, to click. They have all these guys last year. I think they lost seven starters. So they have all these guys who are really talented, but you know mostly sophomores and, and didn't play much last year. And it kind of took a while for those guys to step in. Guys like Aiden Hutchinson on the D-line, Quiddy Pay at the end, uh, Cam McGrone in the middle, uh the starting linebacker before him starting middle linebacker before him josh ross got hurt in that wisconsin game cam magrone came in in that wisconsin game looked too overmatched we talked to him yesterday he was saying like he just wasn't quite comfortable in that first game he had a first full week of practice before Rutgers. he's been so good since then that they're redshirting josh ross now because magrone took over as the starting linebacker so guys like that really stepped up on the defense and turned it from a defense that was quite clearly the least talented of the harbaugh era to just another ho-hum really good defense for harbaugh um but even after that wisconsin loss they still were sloppy they still had fumbling problems they would like against uh illinois they went up 28-0 in the second quarter you think they're going to beat them by 50 and then they gave up 25 straight points and were up by three points at the end of the third quarter. Uh, so they were just not against Iowa. They won 10-3. to The offense just looked horrible. Um, so they just couldn't, couldn't quite put it together. Uh, and then the first half of the Penn State game... Things were they were playing well, and they were down twenty-one-zero, which kind of like epitomized where this team was. Which is like they looked pretty good, and they would just do stupid things wrong. And the play that they threw, so they threw an interception to go down twenty-one-zero against Penn State on a screen pass. It was hmm. just a <laughs> disgusting interception. <laughs> and at halftime of Penn State, after, since then they've been all of those mistakes have been gone. They've just been clicking. Everything that was promised about this offense, which was supposed to be a spread, high-powered offense uh, in the offseason when they brought in a new offensive coordinator, everything has been there, and they've looked really, really good for three and a half games now.
3: So, you're talking about your horrible screen pass interception.
4: Off-air, I
3: mean, you've talked about every once in a while how much I dislike Shay Patterson, think he's a... This is an indictment on him. Peyton Ramsey is a poor man, Shea Patterson. So, that's what I think. And then, somehow... Our defensive coordinator Kane Womack at IU called him, uh, associated him with Johnny Manziel. Yeah. So, uh, you know how I feel about that I'm sure as well.
4: i pleased about that
3: one. I, honestly, it kind of hurt me. I feel like it breaks <laughs> down Johnny's name.
4: Uh, what what <laughs> are your I thoughts on Shay Patterson I DM'd this season? That to you. Huh? I think I DM'd that one to you. You did? That quote. Yeah, you weren't pleased.
3: No. So, what have your thoughts been on Shay Patterson this season? And what he's been able to do. He was supposed to be a big deal and not always has shown it.
4: So he's kind of gone as the. Or I don't know if he's gone as the offense is gone because it's. They tie into each other. Um, but early in the season, kind of through that Penn State game, or through first half of that Penn State game, he looked really uncomfortable in the offense. I don't know if it—so this offense has a lot of elements of, of reads on every play is kind of the the thing that defines it. Is And when it's working, that means you have lots of options, and the defense has a ton of things to defend. But early in the season— it looked like Shay was confused. She wasn't. Wouldn't admit it. And they were saying, "We're close. We're close. We're close." And turns out they were right. Um, but at the time, they wouldn't give a diagnosis of what was wrong. And they would keep just saying, "We're close." Um, but something was wrong with early in the season. He just wasn't quite comfortable in this offense. And. And so he looked really bad. I mean, people were all saying, why did he come back? His NFL draft stock is just completely tanked. And draft I don't know that he's Who's drafting hmm. Shea Patterson. The Redskins well, killed him. So if he'd gone last year, he probably would have been like a fourth, fifth round type quarterback. Um, and people kind of thought he was going to go. And especially midway through last season. Um, but. The, the, since that Penn State game, he's looked really comfortable in the offense. Last game against Michigan State, which isn't a bad defense, he had his best game in a Michigan uniform by far. Uh, 384 yards, four passing touchdowns, just looked super, super comfortable using all of Michigan's weapons. So it's kind of the same story as the team, which is that he's looked really good recently, looked really bad early in the season. Hi, Tao. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i got I got a two-parter. First up, um I want to know a more explanation on Jim Harbaugh's comparison of potatoes being planted to potato salad. Um, Considering we have potato salad most Mondays at IU football media availability, Um, just kind of curious about your thoughts on potato. If you just talk about potato salad for a bit, that'd be great. And uh, I guess, and just and just secondly, on a slightly more serious note, um, what about this Indiana offense? Do you think can kind of maybe put the Michigan defense out of sorts and maybe revert them back to that a a bit of a more shaky unit that they started out this season with?
4: Um. So on the first question, the potato salad uh, hit just one of those Harbaugh things where you're like, "What is this guy talking about right <laughs> now?" Um. But it was—it actually made sense, which is that his point, and obviously it's like the soundbite of, "What is this guy talking about?" Potato salad. But his point, he, people are keep trying to diagnose what happened at halftime of the Penn State game that turned your season around, and his point is. It wasn't a halftime in the Penn State game. It's just been a slow, steady progress, and that's just when the results started to come, which I think makes sense. I mean, it, the offense has progressively looked better throughout the season. It wasn't just halftime of Penn State. They were magically a top, maybe five, top ten team in the country, Um <laughs> potato salad
1: That made just as much sense <laughs> as my
3: I see things before shapes come and I'll be honest No, no, that no
4: that it makes, makes a lot more sense, sense Than that, Galen. Although, although there was a good tweet which was uh, I love some, some Michigan fan Tweeted, I think it was Scott Bell Tweeted uh, I'm a big Jim Harbaugh guy but uh, Someone needs to teach him about restaurants Because <laughs> he said you can't grow potatoes And then eat potato salad the next day <laughs> But uh, but the, yeah, it, was, it was a great press conference. Someone asked him about Tariq Black, uh, one of Michigan's wide receivers, got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for flexing against the uh, against Michigan State. And Harbaugh spent a good 10, 15 seconds breaking out into different flex poses, <laughs> <laughs> of, yeah, which ones were legal and which ones weren't.
3: If only we had this type of personality on the IU football staff. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Um, anyway, what was the second part of your question about Indiana's offense? Um, I mean, Indiana's offense
1: has been clicking pretty well here. You know, the past five or six weeks. Obviously, Wop failure is a bit of a, a bigger injury concern in terms of making the offense go. But with Peyton Ramsey, you know, the full-time quarterback now, and being both accurate in short routes and down the field, do you think that's something that could pressure the the Michigan defense? Or what do you see from this Indiana offense that could put uh, Don Brown's unit out of sorts?
4: Well, what I was talking about yesterday uh, on our podcast, on the Daily's podcast, How the shameless AM, plug. Is, uh, shameless
3: <laughs> plug. Go with it. We're going to uh, cut that out, right? That's getting bleeped out. <laughs> on the boo.
4: <laughs> Great beep sound. Really. Just top stuff. Uh, anyway, um, what we're talking about is that Indiana's kind of a. Inea's I mean, offense, in a lot of ways, is a preview of Ohio State's the way it functions. and so That is very be, generous.
0: Uh, it is. Offense is good, cool. Gilman.
4: The offense is good, but still.
0: Yeah, it's a I state mean, level.
4: 13th in the country in passing yards. Am I, is that correct? Because they don't yeah.
3: particularly run yeah. the ball a lot. but
4: Yeah, I mean, that's like a challenge, isn't The fact that it's so different from what. Most teams in the Big Ten do, which is kind of a lot of the problem Michigan often has with Ohio State. Um, so, uh, one thing that they've done this year, which a lot of people think, and this is beyond my expertise, but a lot of uh, the theories are that they've uh, introduced more zone defense because last year it was their main defense that got really exposed by Ohio State. So, this will be a good test of, uh, of how that zone defense stacks up against a and again it's still a, a man heavy defense um but to see how that stacks up against pass heavy offense um and i think it'll just be really interesting i think this is the best offense that michigan has faced oh i think it's kind of fair to say that it's the best offense they've faced since wisconsin I've, the indian is a really good offense especially passing offense um and so it'll just be a really good test of of this secondary um which is a good unit but can can be bean at times um michigan's pass rush which is kind of the what don brown's defenses rely on will need to be really good uh to to not give ramsey too much time because uh, otherwise michigan's cornerbacks they're good but they can be exposed so uh, I don't know much about Indiana's offensive line, but I think the pass rush, pass rush will be a big factor.
0: Tao, uh, sorry, Caleb, was distracting me with something. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, That's new. I do seriously. But on the other side of the ball, we've talked a lot about Shea Patterson, but how much can the Michigan run game, we saw it last week, Penn State's clinching drive, 9 minutes, 18 plays, 16 of the 18 plays were on the ground running the ball. How much just... Typical cliche, smash mouth football, running the ball up the middle. How how much will that play into the into the game? God, that was a terrible question. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs>
4: which which drive was that? That you said it was sixteen out of eighteen. The points? final, the game winning drive, the go ahead drive, did,
2: drive yeah. for Penn State last week. The yeah. last oh,
4: drive. Um. So. It's different. Michigan is – so people think when Michigan installed this spread offense that it meant they were going to be a high-powered Big 10 or Big 12-style offense. It's still a run-first offense. Establishing the run is really important for this team, but it's never smash mouth pound it down your throw. I mean, that's what it kind of devolved into earlier this season because nothing else worked, and that's when the offense was really ineffective. Um, All of it has some element of a read on it. Most of it is read options of some sort. And Shea, the last six weeks or so, has been a real threat to keep the ball. So it's a more multifaceted offense or rushing attack than just hand it off to your running back, have eight guys on the line of scrimmage and just manhandle the opposing D-line. It's more creating space uh, kind of uh, horizontally on the field. So it's a different type of Uh, Rushing offense than what you're talking about But it is a really good rushing offense Uh, Sophomore running back Hassan Haskins Is a guy a lot of people don't really know about He broke out maybe three or four weeks ago um, Really Gave Michigan another Person or Another running back to rely on Because before that the only reliable running back Had been Zach Charbonnet who's a freshman Uh, They didn't want to give him 30 carries a game So that's really allowed Michigan to establish the run better Having both Haskins and Charbonnet in there
0: all right, uh, one more, then we'll have you pick a score and get out of here, Teo. Thanks again for joining us today. Michigan has won 38 out of the last 39 games against IU. Jeez. They have. they are playing the game in between Michigan State and Ohio
1: State. No one's looking ahead to the game at all. I haven't yeah, heard Shea anything Patterson, about that. No one. Yeah, Shea
0: Patterson had the quote, we got one more big game left. Um, how does Michigan view the games with IU?
4: So this was a... Really popular topic yesterday and media availability, and it kind of seems like IU is too good for these players to be overlooking. And I think they all realize that. I think part of it is that IU plays Michigan close every year, no just never actually really win the are. game. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, because it's IU and that's what they do. But uh, yeah, fair, correct. But they're, I think if IU was coming in this game at six and five it would be different, but I think, uh, then I think it would be a true trap game, but I don't think trap games are really accurate, because everybody, I mean, Harbaugh, you, if you ask him about the opposing team, he usually doesn't go into it, he says, oh yeah, they're they're a good football team, really uh, really ascending, and <laughs> and yesterday he talked for a minute and a half, about Indiana, and then later, he kind of went off topic, to talk for another minute and a half, specifically about Indiana's offense, like, people realize that Indiana's really good. They're not over—I don't think they're overlooking them. Um, I think that people were worried about that after the Maryland game. I forget who it was. One of the defensive linemen, I think, said something about, we got uh, we got Michigan State and Ohio State coming up. Those are the two biggest games of the season, and ignoring Indiana. People were like, whoa, whoa, don't ignore Indiana. They're really good. And now I think—now that Michigan State's out of the way, I think people— they realize that Indiana is a really good team. I don't think they're overlooking them like they would maybe if they were six and five.
0: Caleb has called this uh, since about September that Indiana is going to beat I'd Michigan. Say, I'd
3: say August. Yeah, it was August. Yeah, this is my mortal August. locked yeah, in our um, preseason articles.
4: What? It's not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly not impossible. It's,
3: it's a mortal lock. It's but locked uh, in. Locked. He's been preaching oh, for yeah. weeks. Uh,
0: what What is your thoughts on uh, who's going to win the game? What's the score going to be?
4: Uh, so the line right now is seven and a half, I think. Um. I think my natural reaction to that went two ways. It was whoa, Michigan's only favored by seven and a half against Indiana, just because of the names of the two programs, and then it's also seven and a half points is a pretty big spread on the road. um But I think it's actually a pretty good spread just because of how well Michigan's playing recently. I don't think. I mean, Michigan's blow the doors off their last three opponents. I don't think that's going to be the case. Certainly, um just because Indiana's offense is too good. I my prediction yesterday was thirty one twenty four. And I think I kinda stand by that, which is that Indiana's a really good team, but Michigan's playing really well right now. So I think they'll I think they do win the game by a touchdown or so. You
3: have an actual final score?
4: You said 31-24. Said 31-24. Oh, did you, hey, hey, you that don't, don't uh, listen you, ever. You,
3: you know me I, I space out. Do you no. hear
4: things before shapes too?
3: Yeah, I do. <laughs> and remember you get here early enough, you can bet on the game. It's legal in Indiana.
4: Yeah, because betting on games you're covering is uh really what's recommended. <laughs> in journalism? I,
0: hey,
4: if they, no one knows, they don't know. Dude, I actually do have to rip some bets though. I wonder if, <laughs> when do they open? When did the bookies open? You can just do it online. Yeah, you can do it online. Oh, yeah. I can just like get the app and like yeah. yeah. Once you're inside support. state lines and
3: uh, you're good to go.
4: Well, the key then will be crossing into state lines before the 10 a.m. EPL slate.
3: Uh, Okay
2: So
3: I'll end with this one Because I I know you better Than everyone else here I know your personality Be honest How disappointed are you That you don't get to make Any Michael Penix jokes During this game
4: Dude I'm so blown about that Perfect (laughs) <laughs> the word choice. I, I mean, my Twitter was just going to be full of Panic's jokes, and now now I have to come up with something for Payne Ramsey? Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing the there. The content is just not there. Cam, Cam can attest to the As fact he, that his replies all season there was have a, been filled with Panic's puns. There was a glorious uh,
1: like, four-week stretch where my replies to anything was just Teo hey, oh, making a Michael Panic's joke, and there are like, like seven likes happening on it from <laughs> the same people just Dude, that's
3: re- I was told I need to I stop making so many ones. Penix jokes, both in articles and and on Twitter. Yeah,
0: the, the key is to put them into the article and make them be subtle enough to where the editors don't catch it.
3: They, they started looking real carefully at my stuff. Also, I, <laughs> par- apparently uh, Indiana breaks their Penix. is a little too obvious.
4: <laughs> what a terrible pun! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tao, thanks for joining us. Uh, hope you enjoy the weekend in Bloomington.
4: Thanks for having me, and I uh, certainly will. I'm excited to see you guys Saturday in the press box.
1: That makes one of us. That's Yeah, you're the, the only one. One of the three.
4: That was Tao Mackey from the Michigan
0: Daily. Glad he could join us. Glad's Caleb. a strong
3: word. I kind of regret inviting him now.
0: You've been so excited to have him on all school year. He doesn't
1: need to know that. We can cut that. Just, just, a, <laughs> just a pair of short kings, Caleb Kaufman and Tao Mackey. Oh, is Teo short? Taylor, Tao is, Taylor, how, is Taylor probably two inches taller than me. So it would be two inches shorter than me, if I recall correctly, from our summer
3: together in Pittsburgh. So imagine me, two inches taller and a lot less athletic, and that's Tao Mackey. There we
0: go. <laughs> Anyways, any, any takeaways from uh, what Tao had to say
1: about Michigan or about the game? I think it's interesting, the the concept of Michigan respecting Indiana. I thought that was a really good question you asked him, kind of about the, the narrative surrounding the game, and maybe in past years you would have called Michigan-Indiana a trap game just because of where it falls on the schedule, or because, hey, coming to Bloomington is where like weird things happen sometimes, but this year it feels like it's actually a trap game because of the talent that Indiana brings to the table, and maybe what the Hoosiers have accomplished so far this year, rather than just, oh, let's maybe try and craft a narrative to to drum up viewership or something what like if that. When have weird
0: things ever happened in Bloomington? As well, far as Indiana winning a game, they weren't supposed well, okay, to win. Maybe
1: not winning, but like okay, like when they pushed Michigan to overtime in 2017 or the yep. double overtime game against Michigan, or even some of those early Kevin Wilson teams that were just, you know, trying to sling it all over the field. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Michigan still won the games. Right. But I mean they had to yep. work for it, which I guess maybe is the concept around this game too, is like, does anyone really think Indiana's gonna win? Caleb does. Okay. I walked into that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I, I asked that question mainly because of the Shea Patterson quote and also because of the fact of how lopsided this series has been
4: mm-hmm.
0: so i so i wanted to play here uh this is shea patterson talking after the michigan state game about the uh, rest of the regular season for michigan
4: we're gonna enjoy this one in, in, in the back of our minds you know we know we got we got one more one more big one to go we got to go on the road to indiana but um you know our eyes are still set on set on the last one i'll
3: give him credit though he backtracked real well there
0: <laughs> Did he though? Because the way he said it, we gotta go on the road to Indiana, but our eyes are still on the last one. That to me says he's doubling down on this. Yeah, but then he, then he realizes, like,
3: yeah, we're, we got folks out Indiana.
0: Not what he meant, but he, he saved
3: it. I give, I give him a B plus I, I th- effort.
0: I think putting Indiana in there actually makes him doubling down on it. Mm-hmm. Because he because if he would have said, we got to go on the road to Indiana and we got to win that game first, we're all focused on that one. That's one thing. But he says. He, he literally
2: negated it. He says, says but. Says, we says,
0: we, we're going to enjoy this win, but we got one more big one to go. And then he immediately says, we got to go on the road to Indiana, but our eyes are still on the last one. <laughs> How is
2: that? How's that not dropping down? Gallup? He backtracked and went forward. Don't give him credit. No,
1: <laughs> I don't really think it's that bad a quote, honestly.
0: I I just find it really fascinating.
1: Yeah, like I yeah. kind of agree with him. Like honestly, like if I was uh, on Michigan's team, I would not be looking at
3: this game at all. With Ohio State two weeks away and that game actually mattering still.
1: Right. I mean, I, I mean, it's what I mean, it's, it's human nature. Like all you can, like a, a lot of times in the media, we always like you know ask athletes to be honest and like stuff like that. Like that's an honest question. That's probably an honest you know reflection of what Michigan football players think and what the Michigan yeah. fan yeah. base thinks. Like with Ohio State looming at the end of the season, given the way both Ohio State and Michigan seasons have planned out, why would you not be kind of focused on that game down the path? I mean, everyone projecting for the college football playoff is certainly fo- you know focusing on that game.
0: But at the same time. Indiana's not gonna view it that way. Right. It's it, not it's, it's not still, a very politically it, it, correct it, it, answer. I, I agree that, that it's sense. an honest answer. Yeah. I enjoy it when athletes give an honest answer. Right. But Indiana is not going to view it as an honest oh, answer. don't know. this
1: is like prime bulletin board material. Yeah. Although Indiana probably didn't need it anyway. I Can't mean, wait to walk in to the team
3: room on Thursday and see like post it up Tom Allen written it out on the whiteboard. On the whiteboard, yeah. Underneath, like, the rituals are what you become, that whatever that one is, just right. me. Shape Patterson's entire quote.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, we, we all saw what happened, though, the last time that there was some sort of quote unquote bulletin board material. That was the Nebraska game. They didn't need any more motivation to go on the road to Lincoln, Nebraska in front of 90,000 fans. But after the game, and in, in addition to Tom Allen saying they fought and fought and fought, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it was that was the number one thing that everyone talked about was that they thought Nebraska didn't respect them and, they, the,
2: Chucky oh, yes, and Chucky. the Chucky
1: doll.
0: Yes, and the Chucky doll. It was
2: an eventful road trip. It was a
1: huge. Oh God, yeah. Well, I think I think the thing about this is like this thing's come out on like a Monday. Like by the time Saturday comes around, it's gonna be worn out in the news cycle so much. I don't think. I mean, it's hardly gonna factor in terms of that kind of bulletin material. I really don't think. Like I think it almost happened too early and was too highly publicized. Because now it's all anyone's talking about. You know what I mean?
3: I God dang it, J. media. <laughs> big J journalism is ruining everything. <laughs>
0: but what Jay Patterson quote aside, what are your guys' thoughts on the game Saturday?
1: If if they don't win this year, when are they going to beat Michigan? Like the, I'm kind of with you. This is prime opportunity from both a scheduling standpoint, from an Indiana talent standpoint. Michigan's probably a little bit Further ahead than you would have projected them, especially after that Wisconsin game that we talked about with Teo so much. But like, you know, for all of the good things that have been accomplished for you know the seven win Indiana Hoosiers so far this year, what's lacking is still like an actual good win. Um, this would be the actual good win because like to the point about Nebraska, yeah, like Nebraska like sucks though. Yeah, <laughs> like, Nebraska's not bad. good. That's why
0: why a lot of people jumped and called it the breakthrough. I'm like. This is a huge win. Indiana's biggest win of the century, I would argue.
1: Yeah. I don't like, th- Nebraska's bad. I don't think Indiana needs to beat Michigan to validate this season, but I think this season becomes a whole lot more complete from a holistic point of view if if they yes. win this game.
0: Like we look back on this year in a completely different way. If it's nine and four and they beat Michigan instead of eight and, eight and five and they lose to Michigan.
1: I would go as far as to say that beating Michigan is more important than winning the bowl game. I'd agree with I that. 100% agree. I would
0: absolutely agree with that. Yeah. This is the most important game of the season. It's more important than the Old Oak and Bucket, unless they end up playing Kentucky in the Music City Bowl. Right. It's more important than the,
1: the bowl The game. thing is, winning this game makes all those other games more important. Yeah. Losing this game devalues all those other games so significantly. If, if they lose, it's just another IU year of, hey, they didn't beat anyone good.
3: This time they beat the teams they should. They didn't have any huge mess ups, and they got to a bowl game, which is still it's really still a big. It's, improvement. it's a it's a big improvement, but you need to have at least one good win to be like actually be proud of a season. Be like, you know what? This actually works out. We're actually doing something, and it can carry on. You don't be Michigan, and your best win, I guess, is Nebraska. It,
0: yeah, it's absolutely Nebraska. it's yeah, Nebraska. I mean, it's like, eh, it's Nebraska. And that and Michigan what? State
3: probably lo- two win Northwestern. Yeah, and that Michigan State loss just keeps looking worse and worse.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it was a bad loss. Oh, it's not a bad loss, but it just keeps looking it, worse. It, it worse. just looks like one that it, it, it is the one that got away. Like,
1: cue the music. <laughs> got me in the feels now, jeez. Yeah, but,
0: but like, I know cable has been calling this since August, but uh, this this has been a mortal lock. They, like, I'm, at, I'm at the point where I wouldn't be surprised at all if IU were to beat Michigan.
3: If this was a betting podcast, you're taking IU with that spread. In my
1: mind. Seven and a half is a ton of
0: – So anyways, Shea Patterson's a guy that, as Taylor talked about, has improved as the season's gone along. And he has that trait that has really, really, really hurt the IU defense, and that is a, a mobile quarterback. We saw it last week with Sean Clifford. We saw it earlier in the season with Brian Lewerke. Even the Nebraska game that IU won, both uh, McCaffrey and the other dude that was the backup that played most of the game that who has a name that's not Something with a V. It v- doesn't matter.
3: Vigil? Vigil? Vigil. There we go. There we go. You know, um, oh, yeah.
0: Mobile quarterbacks okay. have given IU problems. And other than Justin Fields, this is probably the best eh, – I guess maybe Clifford, but the best mobile quarterback they've gone up against all year.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: So, so does <laughs> – Thank you,
2: Cam. Great insight. <laughs> I'd, I mean I'd put him on more of a similar plane to Clifford than I would Fields. Oh, I would too. Especially – I mean – I was looking at the stats Fields earlier.
0: Ad- Fields actually didn't hurt them that much.
2: That's true. Well, it was obviously a much different game than uh, the Penn State game. But I don't know. I, I think I was looking at Patterson's numbers earlier, and he doesn't even have 100 rushing rushing yards this season. No, he had close 89. to. He's at 99? 89. 89. Yeah. All right. But
0: he's a guy that can beat you with your legs.
2: He absolutely can. He's decisive yeah. in the pocket, really great under pressure. I mean, it'll be a test. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, you know what? yes let's get out of here <laughs> i'm not sure there's not much, much more we can do i'm we're over the time limit already anyways. are we to score
3: predictions real
1: quick
0: yeah let's get in some score positions cam we will start with you
1: um michigan wins 37 to 30 and it ends in a very similar fashion to penn state with like indiana Scoring late to recover from two possessions down. So, IU covers in your scenario. IU would cover, depending on what that betting line does. Well,
2: I'm going to say Michigan 35 24 with elite. Go ahead, touchdown. I
3: have to say, true to myself, <laughs> uh, 38 28. IU.
0: Wow. I got a Michigan winning 38 35. So, we it's all kind
1: of think the same thing yeah, happens I, like usual. I, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. I had IU <laughs> not winning we, this. Y'all. Okay, not Caleb. Y'all excluded. still in the minority. Yeah. Yep,
0: I, I just—I
3: can't wait till next week when it happens and I get to make fun of everyone.
0: It's Thanksgiving break. We don't have a podcast. Oh, we're though.
1: calling in. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but...
2: <laughs> Save it for the. I, podcast.
0: I I I just can't pick IU to beat Michigan until it happens.
2: It, uh, yeah, it L- like, like you that. said earlier, it wouldn't surprise me, but. Yeah.
0: Anyways, that's all the time we got here today. Thanks again, Teo Mackey, for joining us, and Cam. We always appreciate the time as well. Thank you for coming on.
1: That was the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. (laughs) We retract it. It'll be cut.
0: Alongside Will Coleman, Caleb Kaufman, I'm Jack Grossman. We'll catch you for bowl season here on the IDS Football Podcast.